Saving money on your outdoor project? Now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. <laughs> Tommy, Ocean Chinook or Puget Sound Coho, what is your palate favor? And you drop yeah. that kokanee on top of that barn door halibut's head, 67 feet of water, and he was not happy about that. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Boxers or briefs? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with a European cut speedo. Fantastic. Excellent choice. I yeah. love tuna. I do love tuna. Heck yeah! <laughs> hey, you know, I have a buddy who refers to Canadian geese as flying carp. Obviously, he's not cooking them. Right? <laughs> he clearly, right? Oh, ocean snook. Seriously? Hands down. Really? Hands down. I don't fish for coho. Ah, good point. Hey, speaking of grind, can you tell the difference between ground deer and ground elk? Honestly, taste the difference. You know, Dwayne, we only get one chance to live this life. Mm -hmm. And you will always regret the things that you don't do. So you know what I tell people? Buy the damn boat. Hey, you know, the facts are some days are just a grind. Welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, the number one fishing and hunting talk show throughout the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Now here's your host, Dwayne England, and of course, the infamous Tommy Donlan. Hey, good evening and welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, Dwayne England, and of course, the gentleman sitting to my immediate right needs no introduction. Back for a second week of punishment, I see. Well, I wouldn't exactly call it punishment. This is a lot of fun. This is a good time. Yeah. Bill Herzog. Bill Herzog joining me again, week two, and Tommy's uh, continual absence. I got a few things to say to him when he gets back. I see. Oh, I'll keep it rather short because he's a little bigger than me. So I just kind of <laughs> move on past, right? Do it behind a very thick pane yeah, of glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a bodyguard stand next to me. So how you been? How was your week? My week, well, as you know, started out pretty good. Not too shabby. You no, know, not too shabby at all because my diet lately, sir, has consisted of spring <laughs> Chinook. Mm, yes, amino acids, oils, and, you know, vitamins and minerals and things that you need out of those fish. That mm -hmm. it, and, you know, since last week doing the show till this Thursday, one week's time, we've put a few springers on the table or in the freezer. So it's not been too shabby. We're going to get into all that yeah, a little yeah. bit later. we got some great springer discussion yeah, coming great. up. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Everybody gets all amped up. March 1st rolls around. We're talking springers, Columbia, cold, miserable. You and I were down there. You got a dandy, by the way, that day we're out with Jared. But... Ooh. You know, it's a grind, cold weather. Not like the weather's warmed up a ton <laughs> no. as of late, right? But uh, we have had a few days of sunshine. But, man, I'm telling you, you just kind of, you just go, oh, Springer, Springer. This is the time of year that I get amped up for Springers. Oh, this you're... is, I mean, the Columbia River thing is cool. And uh, we'll kind of touch on that a bit. But as we move forward, the abundance of opportunity right now, we're going to talk about how, how much is going on out there and where to go. I mean, it's just it's this is the time of year the most exciting part about what's going on right now is we're getting back way more fish than they predicted correct that's always a good thing and yep. it makes the wdfw look amazing by the <laughs> yeah. way like yep. yeah we did that but uh the ocean conditions have to be good it's never 
a bad thing at all when the tributaries are popping like this right. and guys are all catching fish right. and a lot of smiling people out yes, there. A lot of smiling yep. tackle manufacturers out there too. Well, yeah, you know, it's good for everybody when this happens. When all things are considered, price of fuel and everything, you yeah, make yeah. that commitment to go get it. You want to you want to get a little something for your effort, right? Absolutely. So, tons to talk about in that regard. Hopefully, a handful of you have been out, um, you know, testing the waters, getting after some of these springers. There's a lot going on. All the, you know, the weather is still a little chilly. The lakes are just barely starting to warm up. A little more activity. A few kokanee getting caught. We got a ton of stuff to cover tonight, Bill. We're going to get to all that. But before we do, mm -hmm. I want to remind everybody, hey, uh, if you have not, please take some time. Jump on over to our webpage, www.fishhuntnw.com. Check out our online store. Get some fantastic looking swag as the general is wearing this evening. Tons of items on there. Hats, the whole shebang. Mm -hmm. Do us a favor. Jump on over there. Order up your stuff. Jingling jigs. We got a few uh, orders come in as of late. Jordan's busy tying some Rufus wood packages and the whole deal. Got a lot of options on our webpage for you to enjoy. And just check out the content that's on the page. And oh, by the way, while you're there, uh, make sure you click on the Edge Rods FHN20 coupon. You're gonna get any Edge Rod that you can, uh, can look at online via the website, uh, perusing all their inventory. Every single rod, 24-7, 365, FH, uh, <laughs> FHN20. You're going to get 20% off of that fishing rod at checkout. Every single rod they make through Fish Hunt Northwest. You click on the coupon, it takes you right to the Edge Rods uh, website, and you can order them up right there, and they ship. So do a little perusing. These, uh, this Springer fishing, this bobber and egg fishing mm -hmm. I've been doing with that new Edge Rod I have in hand. I put it out there last week, um, you know, going so far three for three on that rod when I've been using it. Uh, hands down, best bobber and egg rod I've ever fished. 10 to 20, 10 and a half foot, just a phenomenal rod. So light, you'd think it's going to break. But they don't <laughs> break, man. I'm telling you, mm -hmm. these things are unbelievable what they're doing there at Edge. And if you're looking for a new flow rod, check out those. Uh, it's a 1065, 10 and a half foot, uh, 10 to 20 rated, fantastic bobber and egg rod. I will, uh, I will never fish another... Uh, Bobber and egg rod as long as I live. There is Sting one thing I will not fish ever again is something that's not your cure. Oh, on the eggs. Uh, I've seen you mm -hmm. do this magic with uh, when it's sockeye fishing with prawns. Right. Okay. Right. When I'm around all these other great anglers and I'm out fishing everybody, it's not what I'm doing, baby. Uh -huh. That Those things smell right. And I'm here to tell you, there were anglers where we were who mm -hmm. fished the holes before we got there. Yeah. With your cure, yep. we went in there and just Boop, mopped it up. What do you know? Cooler full right afterwards. And we're going to delve you into that a little later. Stuff, we, yes, we're going to talk about some bait preparation, some opportunities, some scent. Put out all that together. Our spring mm -hmm. is really that hard to catch. You know, uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk well, about it's that. It's like so. it's like anything though, Dwayne. Everything has you got the right scent, the right yep. presentation, depth, yep. colors, speed. Yep. When it all comes together. Ta-da. Yeah. You're doing one thing wrong. It's like we talk about kokanee fishing or sure. anything. Yep. If you're doing one thing wrong, right. all your other preparation, everything else, doesn't matter. Yep. It all has to it come all together. Has to come together. But when you have the very best bait cure on the planet <laughs> that you're using, it does not hurt. It does tend to work, and there's some things you can definitely do to up your game. And I will even uh, spill out a little bit of that info tonight when we get into our Springer discussion. Please but, do. Uh, hey, before we get there, along the line of Springers here, um, I want to go down a list of uh, opportunities here. You know, you think about springer fish, you go, oh, man, it's so crowded, and gosh, everybody's showing up to one place. And not so fast. It's, winter steelhead has become that. If you get an yes. opportunity and there's an opening for a month or a couple months or whatever. Okay, I'm having a good time. Let's not I go know, there. Let's okay. not go there, right? 
<laughs> Springer fishing, if you look around, take advantage of what is out there, what's happening currently, there is a number of places to go and uh, spread out the masses, yeah, man. Yeah. Not everybody has to show up at one little spot. And, you know, uh, one that opened up here on May 1st, Bill Skagit opened up for Springers, wow, right? Wow, You got yeah. a two-fish limit all the way through the month of May. Now, it's a single-month fishery, but I'm telling you, there's fish to be had. Typically, those fish are pretty decent size up there, too. Not too shabby on that Skagit. That's your old stomping grounds from back in the day. But uh, that Skagit fishery is one to take advantage of, especially you guys living up north. If you weren't familiar with it, man, you need to get up there and take advantage of that spring Chinook opportunity. you got a full month to do it, almost. And And, and uh, a few years ago, they had a couple of 40-pound springers. Yeah. Coming to the Cascade Hatchery. That's what I'm We're saying. Four zero. Yes. Yeah. Big so, fish up there opportunity. Yeah. Yep. Uh, daily limit is two. Two hatchery fish. Mm. You got you know 25 days or so left. Two fish opportunity up there for spring chinook. Either uh, in a boat or you know go bank fish that sucker. There is some definite opportunity from the bank. Go find some stringers for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And along with that, you know, spreading out the masses as I had mentioned. I mean, you got the soul duck is open. You yes. got the kalama. And I just got a good report from the soul duck also. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they had a, an additional plant a few years ago. They up they up the plant there. Right. And this is the first year of the return. Right. And uh, if you're going to go over there and go springer fishing, I would do it. Yeah. From what I've heard from, good from my spies out there, yes, I would go. Um, the callets, uh, and I'm going to get into this a little bit here. The the emergency rules. If you're not paying attention to what's going on, it actually closed May first. Yeah, Callis is closed to Springers right now. It's closed to all salmon. That's one, if you read the regular regulations, and like I said, we'll get into this, uh, you're going to think Callis is open right now, okay? You're going to think some of these rivers have a two-fish limit, Mm -hmm. okay? That's been changed as of the last few days. you got to pay attention to that. Uh, But, you know, other opportunity. I mean, Drano is just kicking them out like crazy. Yes, I'm supposed to go fish with Chris Turry and uh, Scott and the boys from Brad's here on the 10th. Uh, we'll see if that date holds, but uh, we got some got some scheduling conflicts that we might start running up against. No big deal. Mm. Still plenty of opportunity, but Drano's fishing, fantastic. There's uh, other tributaries up there on that side that are uh, set to open. A couple right. you're getting pretty excited about. I'm here to tell you. I have one <laughs> opening up in my backyard. Yes, you do. I don't know how to contain myself. This is tremendous. You had no idea until you arrived here tonight. No idea. Hey, Bill, you realize the Yakima is opening for Spring Chinook, and you're like, hmm, what? Wow, hello. Yeah. Yeah. The places that's open is right down below the hill from my house. Yeah. I can put waders on in my garage, walk down below the hill, packing my rod and whatnot. Wouldn't that be cool? They've recognized two areas on the Skagit, or not the Skagit, the uh, Yakima that are set to open tomorrow, Mm -hmm. the first section, Area A, 240 uh, Bridge in Richland upstream to State Route 241. So this is the first section of the river, the lower section portion that is going to open, Bill. Uh, that is from tomorrow, May 6th through June 15th. So you mm-hmm. got a good amount of time to get in some action there. Area B, which is the area you're talking about, is the Interstate 82 Bridge at Union Gap, a little further upriver to the uh, Burlington Northern uh, Rail Bridge, approximately 600 feet down from Rosa Dam. So mm-hmm. that is, uh, that's a pretty decent area. You yeah. already pointed out a handful of areas that you're like, holy cow, I can literally walk right to it, get some, uh, get some bait going. Yeah. Now, I'm curious on the turbidity of that river, the volume, the flow. Mm-hmm. Is it fishable? Is this something that people can go find success? That second section doesn't open until May 17th. Which is a good thing because the one that opens now, you see your desk? Yeah, it's about uh, Your now. desk has the same color and visibility as the water does right now. I was driving along the canyon coming up here, leaving from the house. Yeah. 
It is quite high. It's five to 6,000 CFS right now. It Raging. is cooking. There's trees yeah. coming down. Yeah. We had a 75-degree day yesterday. A lot of snow melt. A lot of snow melt. Gotcha. And all they're opening up, all the reservoirs are being open right now for uh, uh, for watering. You know, all, yeah. the, all, the, people, all the orchards whatnot, they're yep. getting thirsty. Yep. And this is the time of year they <laughs> let her rip, you know. Open <laughs> How it was up, that again? Comes. What was that? <laughs> oh, yeah, that thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... You know, more opportunities come, and we got other yeah. things opening up. There's going to be other tributaries on the east side that I'm sure they're going to announce over the next couple of weeks that will continue to open. Uh, you want to talk dam counts? Okay. Let's talk them dam Let's counts. Let's talk dam counts. So you you kind of go, well, how is the run performing? You know, uh, since uh, May 1st, I think I have it here. May 1st, we had just over 6,000 go. We've had multiple 6,000 days, fish days. May 2nd, we had over 7,400. May 3rd. Almost 13,500 fish in one day. Ding, 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 okay. Winter, winter. And then yesterday had another over 7,000 days. So wow. it's, it's you know, okay. exceeding six and 7,000 fish a day, and we get a few of those higher bumps. That's at Bonneville. So that tells you that the numbers are starting to, to climb. We got over 72,000 have gone over Ooh. Bonneville so far. 72,000. And this bodes really well for the summer Chinook, too. It's got it. Yeah. yeah you if, these, if, these, if these are coming, mm -hmm. I don't see how it could possibly taper off. Right. Right. And so right. Let, let's hope that the. That the sixty-five to seventy thousand they had predicted for the summers. Yep. Let's hope they're really wrong. Here's again. the other interesting thing that I noted on the Yakima mm -hmm. opportunity in both areas. Uh, much like the Willamette, uh, you got a two-rod opportunity, two-rod endorsement. Yeah. If you bought your two-rod endorsement um, option on your mm -hmm. licensing, you can fish two rods on the Yakima. So what you're saying? Yeah. Is I could go down there and throw out a big spinning glow and a gob of guts. Plunk away, my friend. And and the other rod, I can throw bobber and eggs while the other one just sits Twitch there. Twitch a jig. Twitch a jig. Do whatever. Have one that you're working, wow. one just sitting there waiting for him to come by. I mean, mm. that, why wouldn't you? Precisely. Why would you not, right? Mm -hmm. so, and it's a two-fish limit? Yeah, two-fish limit. You got, uh, okay. you know, it's a good six weeks in each of those areas throughout their prospective seasons. You got mm -hmm. a two-rod opportunity. I'm telling you, those that Yakima is going to hopefully present with you, you know, you and other folks, a great opportunity to get on some get on some spring Chinook. Much like the one we eat tonight, by the way. Which was dandy. Amazing. Um, so I'm here to tell you, what excites me is when I had to move over there, I moved a long ways from everything. And all I do is sit around the house and curse. Yes. Because I have to drive <laughs> so far to fish. Right. But now, right. ha ha, you want to go fish the Yakima? You got to come yep. down to my place. Yep. You got to come where my house is. I like so, that. Uh, that being said, you know, you got to pay attention to rule changes, regulation changes. They kind of filter them in throughout the season. So one thing that has happened as of yesterday, all of the main stem Columbia rivers closed above Bonneville, below Bonneville, whole main stem is closed, but we got all these, you know, side opportunities, mm -hmm. a little, you know, drain on and, 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 uh, the wind. And then of course all the tributaries. And again, we should see more up river tributaries opening as we right. progress, right. Mm -hmm. And the more fish that come over the dam, the other adjustments you have to look for. Okay. Um, some of them went into effect May 1st, some of them as soon as just yesterday, some of them actually were in effect since March 1st. Now I can mm -hmm. tell you there's a particular tributary where I know I've seen pictures and I've seen people at the river keeping two fish. So have I. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. That, uh, that particular river actually went to a one fish limit March 1st. Right, I mean, even before it truly started fishing well. Yes, but. But. How do you find out that? The problem here is, WDFW, and I hope you're paying attention, that, and I try to stay on top of this stuff. Right, right. And at times, you know, people ask me, I go, no, I think it's open, then I have to go check. I go, oh, well, look at that, it closed five days ago, whatever. 
If you go to the WDFW website, 2022 Fishing Regulations pamphlet, you get the online version. Sure. You can scroll through. It's set up really nice. Navigates you through based on letters and, you know, alphabetical where, right, where right. these yeah, rivers. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you go to freshwater, rivers and lakes, go to the river section, scroll down through, find your river, right. read the regulations. Right, right. You mm-hmm. go, okay, I'm good. Go fishing. Right. If you have not taken the time to click on emergency rules, which is on that same page, completely different section, completely different subtitle, click on that, then it starts breaking it down for you. Particular river I'm talking about, I went to fishing regs 2022, emergency rule changes. Uh, Then I had to click on what emergency rules are in effect for freshwater fishing. Then I had to click on show all freshwater emergency rules. Mm -hmm. There was a list of them. And they dated clear back to March 1st. Now, if you right. keep up on this, like, every week, you're going to see them as they add them through the season. So a few of these just went into play here a couple days ago. But some of these, where I go to the main page and read regulations, it's right. clear as day. Oh, I got a two-fish limit. I go under this six-step process to get to what the regulations right. are. And then the light bulb clicks on. I go, oh, actually, it's a one-fish retention, right? Sure. Now, I haven't seen a game warden down there. To, uh, no, to, I mean, not, no. not a single right. one in the now, multiple days. To give them one little bit of credit, in the pamphlet, it does say being in the pamphlet, please check emergency regulations yes, before you go out. Yep. But if someone just picks up the pamphlet and they're going, okay, they go, they find the river they're going to fish, here's the regs, off they go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like when I go fish Montana, I just got back from fishing Montana, I look, at, I look at the regulations in the pamphlet. That's it. Why would I look anywhere else? For regulations, right? I, I get I, it. I have no reason uh, except, okay, I'm going to, okay, okay, I'm legal. Let's go. Yeah. Now, a lot of people re- rely on solely the printed regulations pamphlet. Certainly. They put yeah. that in their boat. They put that in their box. They go fishing. It's with them all year. Game, he comes up and says, hey, uh, you realize it's this or that? Or, no, look, I open up. Nope. You didn't check the emergency regulations. And if you don't have cell service, right. you can't check your emergency regulations. So... I wish there was a way to update the online regulations like real time when they make a change, sure. get in there on the main page and boom, update that sucker. Because really to go through that emergency regulation change or check, it literally is five or six clicks to get to the river I'm looking for specifically. Yeah, so, yeah. you're looking for something that's well hidden. I get it. We can, well we can put the message out there. Hey, right. uh, before you go fishing, like it says in the beginning of the pamphlet, be sure to check your emergency regulations, sure. right? Because there are changes at this point, I mean, almost weekly in some cases. Now, mm-hmm. it may not affect the exact river you're fishing, which is great, but when they throw that one in there and all of a sudden you go, oh, man, good thing I looked because I would have kept two fish today, sure. right? And you'd have been technically right because you're looking at the regulations. This is what it says. This is what yep. I can do legally. Yeah. yeah. I'm good to go. Yeah. And, and I'd heard nothing. How would you know unless you just, on your own, went and checked? Check the regulation. Check the emergency updates. Yeah, that's, that's all you can do. Go to, go to the main page, yeah. check the emergency regulation okay. updates uh, weekly, and just keep up on that. Or the news. They come out with the news each week on those regulation changes. Click on the news tab, and you're probably going to get it. So, um, so yeah, that is the uh, main stem of Columbia's closed. A handful of other things. Cowlitz is closed. Uh, to, to Chinook uh, retention or fishing. You can still steelhead fish in the Cowlitz, right? Yeah, okay. absolutely. And, uh, of course, the regulation changes of some of these rivers and opportunities have gone to a one fish, so make sure you check in on that. All right, moving along. Uh, the Sport Coast Spring Anniversary Sale continues. 
Uh, of course, on my page it says spring anniversary kale. Not sure how that got in there, but yeah, apparently they're selling vegetables down there. there. Mm. Um, hey, stop in, see the hot dog lady, Jen. Fantastic uh, lunch, by the way, if you get one of them. And uh, things are still on sale, though I went there to get me a new pair of Romeos the other day, and guess what? Almost cleared out. You waited too long. No, I waited too long. I mm -hmm. waited two weeks too long. The sale goes on through the 8th. Make sure you get down there. They have tons of gear, fishing gear, tackle, all kinds of things, lots of camping stuff. The store is plugged full of uh, opportunity. Uh, unless you're looking for Georgia Romeos, not so much, unless you have small feet. So <laughs> with that, moving on. Uh, hey, I want to remind everybody, as we announced last week, the uh, up and coming May 21st, the second annual Kids Trout Derby here at Summit Lake, sponsored by Fish Hunt Northwest and the Summit Lake community. Mm -hmm. The date again, May 21st, daylight start time. Weigh in, we'll be over there at the community center, opens at about 8 a.m., does open at 8 a.m. Participants can come over to the community center and start your weigh in. You have to be there no later than 11 to uh, be in line to get your, get your uh, fish weighed in and entered into the derby. It's absolutely free. Uh, prizes will be awarded at the completion of weigh in. The categories are biggest trout, biggest kokanee, biggest random category, perch, catfish, bass, etc. Most weight of your five trout limit in a course, uh, most weight team limit of three, largest trout. Um, again, Derby is free. Participants are kids 14 years of age and under. Um, go to Fish Hunt, uh, go to <laughs> www.fishhuntnw.com and um, you can scroll down to our email portion register your kids pre-register we're trying to get uh, an idea bill on mm -hmm. how many participants we have all kids get a free t-shirt they just got done with the design on that it's going to be totally awesome fish on northwest summit lake community um second annual derby t-shirt that all the kids get tons of prizes to be awarded for the kids participating in the derby every kid gets a free raffle ticket parents can buy for the adult raffle um, five dollar tickets all the money goes back in to help us next year to continue the derby you're going to get a big grab bag or tackle box full of gear some old some new uh there may be alcohol in the adult bags make sure we get them in the right yeah <laughs> the right ones definitely want to do but that yes we have a lot <laughs> of really good prizes to give away if parents buy those five dollar raffle tickets i mean you throw 20 bucks down you get four tickets you go home with a lot of really cool stuff yeah, and a good time and a good time yeah. and um the money goes back in to help us next year to keep this going this thing is blown up people i'm telling you i had no idea it would it would blow up so big but you can go to our uh, go to our Facebook page. Um, you can look; it's pinned to the top. There's a QR code on the poster. Simply hold your phone on that QR code. It takes you right to our page, and you can register your kids. Names, ages, shirt sizes is the main goal here. And then we'll have you sign in when you show up for the Derby just so we can have you on the official weigh-in ticket. But it's all going to be set up, volunteers. We could still use a few folks. If anybody wants to help out, message us up on our Facebook page, if you would, please, or email us at www.fishonnw.com. This is all about the kids. May 21st, weather's going to be mm -hmm. great. Going to have food there, lots of giveaways, really good time. Pretty excited. It sounds like a great time, man. Yeah, yeah. So... Bring the kids out. Let's get some fish and have a good time, and you're gonna you're gonna enjoy. All right. With that, uh, hey, running down the show, Mr. Okay. Zog. Yes. We've got a lot going on here. Hmm. Uh, you are back with me for week number two, mm -hmm. um, and we're gonna talk some springers. We kind of alluded to that. Oh, we had yes. some great success this past week, and we're going to share mm -hmm. what we know. 
We're going to kind of throw it out there and break it down. Sound I've eaten good? more spring Chinook this year than I have in a long yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, it's that kind of year. You. Then oh boy. The, uh, the focus is on you, my good man. We're going to put you in the Bay yeah. Lab for what I termed or coined back in the day when you were doing radio, Dodgerology 101, yes. right? Yes. You do a fantastic job with this, going to walk us through. There's so many options for Dodger choices. And uh, folks, get your notepads out. The general is going to take us on through it, tell you why, which ones you need, mm -hmm. and how they differ, right? Well, one of the cool things about designing a spoon for Steelhead back in the day yeah. when we did the BC Steel, mm -hmm. I got to talk to uh, Boeing hydrologists, guys who work on wings. Yeah. They told me about vacuums and frequency and volume and wave and right. camber and right. all this, and I just like... Ooh, Whoa, yeah. English, uh, yeah, <laughs> right? Please, right. But from what I learned in all this, mm -hmm. I started looking at Dodgers a whole different way gotcha. and started putting that uh, that knowledge towards what I, in Dodgers and how they work. And so I can I can look at one right. and I know what it's going to do mm -hmm. before I put it in the water. And that's one thing if you're buying, you don't got to buy four or five Dodgers and try them all out and go, well, it doesn't work. This right. one's not working yeah. for what I do. No, you want to be, you want to, each one has its own time and place. And that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, fantastic. That's going to mm -hmm. be good. Pay attention because you're going to walk us through it. Then we're going to get a long, uh, longtime friend, Mike Olson. Mike E. Olson uh, Outdoors. He's the chairman of uh, Snoqualmie Valley Ducks Unlimited. Mike is joining us to talk about a great event coming up here, the Snoqualmie Valley Ducks Unlimited Youth Outdoor Days. This is something they've tried to do the last couple of years, but due to COVID, they had to continue to push it off. So here he is, up and going this year. Tons of sponsors, lots for the kids to do. He's going to break this down. It's going to blow your mind. They, get, you want to go drive an excavator? I mean, we talked about it last week. It's like he is. Uh, this is going to be a good time for the kids. So I can go drive an excavator. Yeah, you could. I could do. Yeah, that. yeah. You're taller than the dentist the menace sign. You get in, so <laughs> you're good to go. Uh, and then we'll close out the show with you, Sir William. Okay. And uh, you know what I want to do? I want to answer viewers' questions. These guys got wow. questions for Bill. Uh, hold on to them towards we get towards the latter part of the show because they'll get lost here in the scroll. But uh, as we get towards that last segment, man, start throwing your questions on here. Maybe it pertains back to something he talked about in the bait lab tonight going over Dodgers. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, um, we, will, uh, we will put some time in our last segment, closing out the show with Bill before he heads off to Alaska and uh, answer any of your questions or throw them up there for, uh, for me or for Fish on Northwest, whatever you got. Mm -hmm. uh, we're here to answer questions of the viewers. So I want to welcome everybody to the show. We got a good lineup here tonight. Lots of folks chiming in and I will have to scroll back through and see if we can catch up on a few of these questions. So before okay. we get there, going to jump out for a quick break. Don't go anywhere. A couple minutes on the commercials here. We'll be back in studio. Bill, yes, we're sir. talking Springers. Yes, we are. Absolutely. When we come back here, Fish on Northwest. Sergeant Daniel Moulter began his tour of duty on October 21st, 1996 and ended his tour on June 27th, 2020. On the authority of Constable Carlos B. Lopez of the Travis County Constable's Office, Precinct 5, badge number 504 is officially retired, and Sergeant Dale Moulter is 1042. Godspeed, Sergeant Moulter. Honoring fallen law officers of 2021, the 2022 End of Watch Ride begins in May from Spokane, Washington. The ride across the country to honor the men and women of law enforcement who paid the ultimate sacrifice in their service to our communities will cover more than 23,000 miles. We ride to ensure that no fallen officer or their family is ever forgotten. EOW relies on sponsors and donations to cover this cost. Please consider donating to help support the families and departments of the fallen officers. You can donate by visiting our website at www.endofwatchride.com forward slash donate. 
please support the blue. Hi, this is Joe and Megan from Archery World. Uh, we have four store locations. We are at the Lacey location right now. I uh, just want to highlight some of our camping gear. We have uh, Mystery Ranch packs. We also have trekking poles. We have crispy boots. We have six-hour optics. We carry Havilon knives. We carry Garmin products as well. So it's not just archery. We want to try to make this one-stop shopping for you guys. And so if you need it and you're, it puts you in the outdoors, we probably have it. So come down and see us. All right, welcome back here, Fish on Northwest, waiting on Bill Herzog. I told you back for week two of punishment, sir. Oh uh, well, this is not bad punishment. You, you got to talk anywhere I can talk fishing, and I get to eat a piece of spring chinook. Mm. Are you kidding me? I'd have driven twice as far. There's a reason you're eating spring chinook tonight good because segue. the week's been pretty doggone good, yeah. successful in our own right. So we headed down there. We uh, we met up with um, Scott Cole, mm -hmm. um, owner there of Brad. You guys met Scott a few weeks ago. If you hadn't prior to uh, him and Chris Turvey were here on the show with me, and uh, we teamed up and decided to go uh, put the drift boat in and, and go take on a river that we hadn't been to in a long time and turned out to be a pretty doggone good day well as long as i don't have to row yeah you're I'll good go, with I'll it. go anywhere uh -huh. right? i wasn't quite sure what to do with myself i'm like dude and <laughs> yeah I, I, I know what to do with my hands right, right, right. <laughs> i didn't know what to do it was a lot so of you know i loaded the boat with uh plenty of options of course we knew we were going to run oh, the yeah, bobber yeah. and egg rods for mm -hmm. sure now i don't know if you folks have been finding sand shrimp but Apparently, we got a little difficulty with uh, finding commercially harvested sand shrimp as of late. There's something going on there that I'm not going to get into. Um, and so, you know, the the, the Cal's cocktail, as it was, oh, the back back bouncer's cocktail. Ago. You bet. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know, nice, nice uh, gooey eggs. Put out a nice, uh, you know, scent trail, and mm -hmm. of course, top of that off with the sand shrimp has kind of been a go-to for a lot of Springer anglers for oh, years. Yeah, yeah. You know, I. Ice, I mean, when they're available, I'll get them, kind of like a safety net to have them. But mm -hmm. for, I don't know, last several years, finding plenty of success just fishing eggs. But not just mm -hmm. eggs that are cured, um, just, you know, with some random cure or whatever. Of course, I've been with Potskis for well over 15 years, and I use exclusively mm -hmm. Potsky products. But sure. I also change up some of the things. So those eggs we're fishing. Uh, we had a couple different recipes, and they both worked. They both worked great. One of them, uh, the fish that was grabbing the eggs you were fishing, those were pre-frozen, uncured, that I cured in a wet brine that I'm mixing in a can of uh, tuna in oil into the wet brine. So when those eggs thaw out in the wet brine, they're absorbing in as they cure some of that oil and some of that, that tuna oil, that natural oil. And um, you take them out, you know, strain them, drain them, Put them, pack them up, freeze them, thaw them out. They fish just fine for you. First cast in the water, I watch. They come and go, whoosh. <laughs> big milk coming put out of them. big cloud. Yeah. I'm like, wow. But you put nothing else on there. No, I had all kinds of nothing. scents and all kinds of things going on. You just put those good eggs out there, that milk out, nice and red, dark oh, red, man. right? The darker the red, for me, the better, especially yeah, yeah. on spring chinook. Sure. And um, those eggs worked fantastic. They absolutely caught fish. And the other ones I was fishing also had... Um, I was fishing a couple different recipes, but and I've put all these out there. I don't keep nothing close to the vest anymore. It's just sure. all out there. You can find these recipes. Yeah. Go to potskis.com, Google my name, whatever. You're going to find these recipes. One of my long-standing ones is a Braxel Fire uh, mixture that I do where I'm adding a little extra krill. I'm adding a small amount of sodium sulfite to the Braxel Fire because Braxel Fire is 
predominantly a steelhead cure, mm -hmm. um, not really designed for salmon. It does an amazing job on helping toughen your loose skeined eggs up. I've written tons of articles on this. Sure. But I'll add some sodium sulfite as a bite stimulant. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm also putting in there my dehydrated and ground up sardine powder. You got stuff in there, man. I tell you what, that, uh, there's I something about eggs too. I'm not in my whole, li I'm limited in my spring chinook fishing compared yeah. to everything else I've always done. Right, right. But I've caught plenty of them here and there on raw prawn, mm -hmm. sand shrimp, mm -hmm. uh, cured, uh, cured prawn, whatever. But every time I've went to eggs, it seems like I'd catch more fish, the bites are more intense, yeah, more frequent, yeah. and, and I brought this up to a lot of anglers, and they go, oh yeah, absolutely, the egg bite for a springer, number one, sure. uberales, yep. right? You gotta have eggs that have great scent. I mm -hmm. think the fishier they smell, the better you're gonna do. So you take those eggs you're fishing with that right. tuna enhancement. Oh my, yes. They smell very fishy. The ones that I add, the sardine, dehydrated sardine, and the key, the key there is it's dehydrated, ground up sardine powder, but when those eggs um, juice out, and they're, they, they release the fluids and then they absorb it back in. They're rehydrating that flesh. In that flesh, although it's dehydrated, is the natural oils of that mm -hmm. sardine. That gets drawn into those eggs. When you put those eggs in the water, they not only send a milk trail down, but you can see the little little, little pops of yes. uh, oil, mm -hmm. right, releasing well, it from comes, those Because it comes up yes, it on comes the surface. Up. Yeah, yeah. So I have... <laughs> I have been doing that recipe for years. It works fantastic for fall I'll, salmon. I'll, I'll, I'll Those tuna cured eggs work amazing for coho. Just hands down, last year, just coho. And we got a big coho year coming. Oh my. So I got to get some more of those frozen eggs from Brad and start mm -hmm. curing those up. But that tuna recipe is lights out. But I really think that it's hard to beat that dehydrated sardine mixture on those eggs, fishing under a float, right conditions. Those springers are going to womp on them. You don't need sand shrimp. No. You don't need to add any extra oils. I would oils. think sand shrimp would be a something an, an unnecessary yeah. addition. Though it is springer fishing. If you can get sand shrimp, I always advocate you take it. Sure. Um, the yeah. other things you want to have in your arsenal as far as scents and presentation options, you know, I always carry a good uh, arrangement of uh, Mike's, Atlas Mike's scents because they are number one on the market. They are the most natural smelling. If it says herring on there, you bet it smells like herring. If it says tuna, which is one of mine, and of course the beer is number one go-to, uh, mm -hmm. tuna on everything, and if you put a little tuna on and want to take it off, just put a little more tuna on, right? Cause I, I have a fascinating uh, fact about Mike's herring oil. Oh, you do? It was the very first scent. Oh, that's right. In the entire Northwest. Yes, it the was. The first one ever made. <clears throat> so back when it was a super secret thing, when they're putting the Mike's herring, we caught steelhead with it, we caught yes. salmon with it. Yes. And, you know, and by God, it still works. Yeah. What do you know? Well, mm -hmm. they got an entire lineup now. I'm telling you, uh, the crayfish is one you want to have in your arsenal. It smells so fishy. And when I'm talking <laughs> about baits that smell fishy and you're not getting bit, all of a sudden you go, you know, I think I'll try some of this crayfish. Yeah. Uh, I've said it on here before. It is now one of my go-tos for kokanee. It is that wow. good. I'm going to give you a wow. bottle for that for you to try and mix wow. in with your corn or your maggots. But I'm telling okay. you, the crayfish is one to have. The tuna is one to have. The sand shrimp for sure. So what if I took the crayfish and the tuna? That would be a crazy mixture. Oh. You just blew my mind, bro. <laughs> so, but yeah. I think the key here is you want to have. <laughs> so if you don't have a number of different egg cures at your disposal that you pull out of your freezer. If you're isolated to say one scent of egg, mm -hmm. make sure you grab a handful of different scents of Mike's oils, Atlas Mike oils, and you're going to take those, a little one or two drop on each chunk of egg you put out there and fish a different scent with each presentation to you figure out what triggers them, right? Mm -hmm. It's a good way to move through it. The other thing we did is we pulled a lot of divers. 
we had uh, we had Scott with us. We were pulling some uh, some mini cup plugs, mm-hmm. the MCPs, which are fantastic. Don't underestimate the mini cup plugs or the the kokanee cup plugs for Chinook. I've done it with Aaron Peterson on the east side up there at the on the on the Columbia outside Dallas or out in front of the Clickatat mm-hmm. on a three sixty. And those guys that are fishing those brads on behind those three sixties are killing it. That's what we do up on there. the minis, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, they will work. We were running uh, jet divers with five foot leaders and rolling those uh, mini cup plugs. Either you know put put some uh, put some uh, sardine in them, mm-hmm. or I had my mixture of uh, different uh, scents and ingredients we, in that paste. We always use just we use tuna and garlic. Yeah. What do you know? And right? it works. And the tuna and garlic yep. stuff in there. And also when the sun comes up, yep. we go to the coconut size. Plant. Yeah. To dumb it down and a little. For, right? Small. for for Chinook. They look great. Yeah. They mm-hmm. spin fantastic. Mm-hmm. They have action. You're backing them down in front of the fish. You're down at the level where they are. You can change your scent. If you don't have, if you don't want to put tuna in the inside of it or, you know, pack it and you do, just get some of your fire, uh, fire gel. Mm-hmm. The Potskys line up a fire gel. You can get your garlic. You can get your tuna. You can get uh, your crawfish. You can get herring. You can get any scent you want in the fire gel. Swipe a little bit of that on the bottom of that plug and send it. You know I what else you use in there? Huh. Give you a hint. We normally trout fish with it. They put it inside the inside there. The dough, the dough baits. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. They put yeah, the dough in there. Yeah. They put well, a lot of them dough baits have a pretty high percentage of garlic in them. Mm-hmm. A lot of them do. Sure. They got garlic and krill in them. And, so and, and they, they they fit in there very nicely and they dissolve slowly. There you go. Shane right? Vanderlyn says, don't use herring anise for kokanee because it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, <laughs> springers can be finicky, but they yep. can also be very willful biters. With good bait presented at the right depth, right speed, find the water is conducive to holding them. Yep, yep. Right? Especially as the sun comes up on the water, then fish are going to stage up in the deeper holes, but it's got to be moving. You're not going to find them laying over there in that really, really soft water flopping around like an old dark king mm-hmm. in the fall. You're going to find these fish in oxygenated water, especially as we get later into, say, June. On some of these trips that are still open, the water starts dropping. It gets warmer. I, it gets warmer. Yeah, yeah. You're going to mm-hmm. find them in the heads of holes, the moving water, the oxygenated water. Sure. Am I not right? Right, right. Um, the other thing to think about is... Uh, I was kind of saying there that, you know, you think they're picky butters, but this fish I caught the other day, a couple days ago. <laughs> it was gargling everything in the river, wasn't it? It had two sand shrimp and two coon shrimp in its stomach, right? Mm-hmm. Always check stomach content, even of my in-river fish, because I want to know if they're eating. Now, we talk about the tenacity of steelhead and how they're in the river. They, they're like, they're eating because they got to sure. survive, right? It's all op- opportunistic. Yeah, they're not looking for food. You know, as the salmon, they got plenty of uh, plenty of body oil. They don't right. need to eat another right. bite of nothing sure. until they until they spawn. Right. But if it presents itself, yeah, they're going to grab it. It's know, an easy target. Aug- to augment yes. their, whatever they're doing. So these springers coming in the river now aren't spawning mm. until fall. Right. They got a lot of energy stores, as you mentioned, with all that fat, and some of them are navigating. Uh, many miles up into these systems hundreds of miles right into these upper tribs Mm -hmm. but again as you said opportunistic right this thing had a couple coon shrimp and a couple uh sand shrimp in it for good reason it comes floating down breaks off guys riggings guys toss bait in the river whatever Mm -hmm. they're gonna eat it so even though it had food in its stomach it still took my eggs under a float right sure it's it's just all about presentation so you know don't uh don't think that just running wrapped plugs although they work mm-hmm. and i like to run smaller plugs i like to run down into the 13s and the 14s for springers you can run 15s and 16s but 
you got much clearer water, lower conditions typically mm -hmm. than we're fishing in the fall. I think the clarity is the key. And springers tend to be a little more finicky, and you don't want to push them back with a big old plug rattling in their face and lots of chrome flash. I mean, and all they're that. not a 40-pound fall fish with no. a big snarly face. No, they're defending his territory. They're That's a whole right. different creature. So smaller plugs, yes. Wrap them with uh, tuna belly or sardine is always a good stable go-to. Sure, sure. Take your uh, take your MCPs. Take those small cup plugs from Brad's. Uh, load those with bait. Put them on behind a Jet 10 or a Jet 20 if you're in a really deep hole. But Jet 10 tends to get it done. And uh, go for it. Uh, also, coon shrimp. And sure. do not discount your steelhead size coon shrimp. You don't have to have those monster prawns. No, the sockeye size ones are just yeah. beautiful. Again, right? we're fishing tributaries. We're not out yeah, there trolling yeah, yeah. big bladed you know, sure. presentations on the Columbia. We're mm -hmm. not in the Willamette. We're in some of these smaller tributaries. Smaller presentation like a coon shrimp with a small spin and glow. Or a, a smile blade. I run them with a dog on smile blade sure. ab above a couple bees, right? Why not? Works great. So uh, I noticed one thing that we do. We put in behind a whole bunch of boats, right? Oh yeah. And the beautiful part about springers is they go on bites. Yes. Right. All, all the, you, you can have a whole full of fish, and there'll be three, four boats going over it, and those fish are absolutely. They have blinders on and you know hoods on. They don't even yep. notice what's going. All of a sudden, you'll see one roll. Yeah. Right. This yep. is something I've noticed with spring chinook. Again, in my limited, uh, what I've what I've done fish for them, but I've noticed is times of day. It doesn't really matter what time of day. It could be crack of dawn. It could be noon. One o'clock. We saw this. Sure. We got into a hole. All of a sudden, Boom. one rolls, two mm -hmm. rolls, down go the floats. Yep. Bang, bang, bang. Then when the bite turns on, sometimes you don't have to be first. Often you don't have. You're not going to be first. And on a lot of these rivers, you're not going to be first. So the great bait. Follow them with the great bait, like mm -hmm. you, your cures, okay? Yep. Be patient, keep it small, yep. work hard, yep. and take your time. Yep. Because that's what we did. We yeah. took our time, and it really pays off. I always call that bad and cleanup. You and I have done that oh, for yeah, years, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Put in boat races. No, not going to do it. Going to let guys blow past us, let them go past some, you know, good good fish and water. Mm -hmm. Them fish may uh, just, you know, push over and, and, and kind of get off to the side a little bit as boats come through. They may just kind of level out then and... Mm -hmm. You know, you go through there, nice, slow, methodical pace. Be thorough. Fish the water thoroughly because you're missing fish if you're just bombing down river and not taking advantage of every hole that presents itself because guys are missing fish. I guarantee it. And oh, yeah. the rivers are going to get more crowded. Uh, you know, it's that time of year now. The weather's going to turn a little nicer here, hopefully. And uh, we should be at the top of it here as we get to the latter part of May into June. We're going to be right at the time where these tributaries are stuffed full, and it's going to get crowded. So sure. take your time. Leave the boat at home, go bank fishing. Do, find your do piece of water. Yeah, find your piece find of water. Find your piece of water when you find your fish. The old saying, don't leave fish to find fish, right. right? There will be a time of day, I, even the bank guys. Yeah. I've seen this mostly when I'm out on the bank. Right. A stick in a hole until I'm to the point, you, know, you get your steelheader brain is hard to unplug. Oh, yeah. You make four or five casts and go, ah, yeah. pfft, we're done. Well, you know what that is? Bite. That is having confidence in your abilities. Right. It's having confidence in your bait. It's having confidence in your presentation to go, hey, I'm confident enough, I know when a fish or fish move into this hole, mm -hmm. I'm going to get one. I'm sure. going to hook one, right? I ran down there the other day to do a little bank fish. And I told Sherry, I said, I'm going down to catch a fish. I'll be back home in a few hours. And boom, 45 minutes, I'm done, right? So mm -hmm. 
I mean, have confidence in your game. And if uh, you don't have confidence in your game, then uh, change what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Look around, try to figure out what it is you need to change in your presentation or what have you. Uh, hit us up for uh, questions and comments and yeah, yeah. education on cure and bait. I throw it all out there. If I had eggs to cure right now, I'd walk you through a simple process on how to get eggs ready for springers. But oh, I have a question for you. So oh, you do? Much. Okay, mm -hmm. I have... Just I to I had no cures around. I got a bunch of coho eggs last yeah. last fall. Yeah, and I had some good old twenty mule team borax. I borax them up like I did back in the seventies and the eighties, mm -hmm. right? Packed them really nice. Took my time with them. Packed them up. Froze them. I have these beautiful borax row. Yeah. Now if I want to take these mm -hmm. and go for springers, mm -hmm. what do I do to them? Because they're already somewhat cured and dehydrated though and i've taken the eggs that you've given to me before that have been borax up you're like here i don't need these do you go fish them i took them and i actually put them in a wet brine a fire brine mm -hmm. because i wanted the liquid cure to add a bunch of color to them but i didn't want to just put an additional powder coating of cure on them get them to juice out and then try to recure because they're not going to really do what mm -hmm. you need them to do and it's going to weaken the eggs i put them in a wet brine i'll add Let's say you give me 10 pounds of boraxed eggs. You ain't getting 10 pounds. Well, let's say in this, in this situation <laughs> I am. We're going to take those and we are going to uh, get them out of the borax, you know, shake them all off. I'm going to put them in a vat of, you know, a bottle of red fire brine. Mm. I'm going to add a quarter cup of red boraxal fire, stir that in there. I made it out of Elixir Krill and I am going to dump in there one full can of tuna and oil. I'm going to stir that into that liquid mix, and I'm going to put them eggs in there, and I'm going to let them soak, oh, I don't know, 12 hours or so, probably. I'd check them, see if they took on a lot of color. Mm -hmm. If they're not taking on enough color, I'm going to take about a tablespoon or two of the red fire dye. You want to talk about adding some red yeah, to your yeah, eggs? Yeah. Okay. I'm talking almost purple. But I guarantee you, the redder your eggs are, the better they're going to perform, especially when it comes to Chinook, and especially when it comes to spring Chinook. That's my opinion. That's my experience. It's what I stick with because, for me, mm -hmm. it works. So Now, I'm not anywhere near your mm -hmm. expertise in egg cure, mm -hmm. but I, and back in the day, I do, I'd have the, all these borax day. I'd go down to the river. I would have some red, red dye, mm -hmm. put yep. that on there, mm -hmm. and then take, uh, like, any kind of li liquid scent, like garlic tuna, and just <laughs> hit them all <laughs> and just kind of move it around a little yeah. bit and maybe shake uh, yep. some sodium sulfide or something on it and sure. kind of work it around. Uh, I caught fish doing that. Yeah. And it's it's not the perfect thing. It's not as obviously not as good as what you're going to do, but it seemed to work. Right. You know, I, the, the, and the fish ate them. So that's yeah. the key. Right. Well, um, yeah. Good bait, good presentation, mm -hmm. confidence, I think. When I it mean, comes the to eggs springers, look beautiful. You know, yeah. they look really good. Just, you know, go to the river with confidence. If you have mm -hmm. confidence in what you're doing and you're, you feel like, you know, if there's a fish in here, I'm going to catch it, mm -hmm. that just ups your game tenfold. Absolutely. I can't, I can't express that enough. So, mm -hmm. uh, But, you know, it's just getting started for us in a lot of these tributary opportunities in the Upper East Side and things that are going to open up and, and more, uh, more opportunity to come. We're going to break it down for you as the weeks go on. I will show you how I uh, tend to rig up my vertical presentation on bobber and eggs. Oh boy. Yes, you can, you, can also, you can also bobber dog or float drift for spring Chinook in certain types of water. It's conducive as long as the water is uh, conducive to that presentation. This you can might, be, might be something later on when it gets warmer. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get lower water and it's going to be uh they're going to be seeking out that 
more uh, turbulent oxygenated water, mm -hmm. and that is not always conducive to vertical. So I like to drag that lead, slow it down a little bit. But sure, sure. as mm -hmm. we progress through season, I will break that down for you, show you the difference. And of course, we're gonna talk twitch and jigs for Spring Chinook as we roll through the season as well. well. Okay, we are running a bit behind, sir, because oh, no. that was some great conversation. Okay. I will uh, I will get a hold of Mike Olson, tell him we're slightly delayed. He'll be fine with that. Okay. Uh, because we're gonna jump out for a quick break right here, Fish on Northwest. A Northwest favorite for almost 40 years, Arima boats are manufactured with pride right here in Bremerton, Washington. Arima Boats offers all of our boats with Honda outboard packages so that you can take full advantage of the reliability and five-year top-to-prop warranty from your Honda outboard. With literally thousands of Arima boats on the water throughout the Pacific Northwest, Arima boats are a proven hull design that offers incredible fuel economy and all of the amenities that a serious angler is looking for. All Arima boats are built without any structural wood materials. That is why we back our boats with a lifetime warranty. All of our Arima boats are designed to maximize deck space while also providing ample seating. Contact us today at Arima Boats for all your boating needs and let us help you get out on the water. Today, the need for quality private security services is at an all-time high. Contract Security Service provides day-to-day -day peace of mind as they protect people and property. Here at Phoenix, we provide service for multiple state and federal contracts with services ranging from uniform, patrol, alarm monitoring, canine detection, executive protection, as well as investigative work. Phoenix client management models are built on understanding our clients' security needs and responding with a tailored program that is best fit for them. Phoenix provides excellent customer service through well-trained, highly motivated security professionals. Recruiting highly qualified officers is the first step in building a strong team. Currently, we are comprised of 70% prior law enforcement and military veterans. If you are prior military or law enforcement, go to www.phoenixprotectivecorps.com and apply today. All right, welcome back in studio here, Dwayne England, Bill Herzog. Nicely done, buddy. Well, thank you. Remember when we used to do those sixty seconds to success? Yes, there in I the did. Wild Country I, days. I, I kind of kept that in the back of my mind. Yeah. I hope I'm not over, over, over my sixty seconds. Yeah, you got sixty. Right we never got anything done in sixty seconds. No, I don't know why we ever called it that, but uh, no, that it was, was catchy. a. It was catchy. It was catchy. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the bait lab gets it done as well. So yes, it does. yeah, nice presentation. You did knocked it out of the park. People understand waveform and uh, you know the hydraulics and all that. Good stuff. Hey, a couple of notes here as I was going through the, the questions and the comments here while you're in there uh, performing your circus. A mm -hmm. um, <laughs> couple of great points here that I forgot to mention. So, Steve uh, McCombs, thank you. Yes, w WDFW email. If you are on the WDFW email, uh, email list, you'll right. get those emergency uh, regulation updates frequently. When those sure, sure. closures and openings and bag limit changes and all that stuff comes out, they send that out on a mass email. So if you go to WDFW and sign up on their email list, you're gonna get that stuff. The other one that folks are now using, I had the beta version of it when it first came out, the uh, the phone access app. 
for your WDFW regulations. And mm-hmm. when you're standing on a piece of ground next to a body of water and you punch on that, it updates you with all your information. I, uh, I stopped kind of using that because I was in the early phases on, you know, trying that out in the field and whatnot. And just there was too many bugs that they were still working out. So I, I, got, I would think you'd need to get some sort of, you know, you've got reception. Well, there, one, that's the key, right? right? There's, But there is a portion of that, as far as I've been led to believe, that you can access even if you don't have, um, you know, con- contact. So, mm-hmm. but the uh, the phone app is uh, fully implemented now. It's uh, it's working well. I just forget to use the doggone thing. It's on my phone. Sure. But, yeah, for the updates, but if you're in certain areas where you don't have connectivity, that does become an issue. So um, there are a couple options to get reminders if you, like me, forget every so often to go to the emergency rule updates and got to navigate your way through, simply get on the email list. For me, is the easiest way because you get those updates constantly. Or, as Steve and others have pointed out, use that phone app that I often forget about as well. So, good points, guys. I appreciate you getting on here. Now that we've gotten through all that, uh, the person who is currently waiting patiently on the other end of the phone in our backyard presented by... Presented by Phoenix Protective. Are you Corp. having a stroke? Yeah, tonight. Yeah, presented by Phoenix Protective. Corp. Uh, Mike Olson, Mike Olson Outdoors. How you doing, buddy? Thanks for jumping on with us. Come on, guys. Come uh, on, get it together. Yeah, I know. We're we're fading fast here. Uh, glad to have you back on the show. Albeit not in studio this time, but on the phone. We'll take what we can get with you. You're so doggone busy. Snoqualmie Valley Ducks Unlimited. You are a chairman on the board there at Ducks. Unlimited, Snoqualmie Valley, and um, big event coming up here, Youth uh, Outdoor Days. Uh, you, Mike, you've been working on this for the past, going on three years due to COVID years. and stuff, right? Yeah. Due to COVID, yeah. I remember when we first started talking about this and then COVID hit, We, you couldn't get it off, you know, couldn't get it off the ground. So this truly is the first annual, is it not? It is the first annual, yes. And it's going to be like the biggest on the West Coast. I mean, this thing is going to be, it, it's going to be awesome. It's just so long in coming. And, you know, people just like, you know, I don't want to call them vendors, but all the people that are going to be there have been like, oh, are you going to do it this year? Are you going to do it this year? You know, so call me Valley Ducks Unlimited. You know, we're trying to get kids outdoors um, here in Washington and introduce them to the various activities. You know, it might not be duck hunting, but teach them about conservation. And, you know, that it's an important part in enjoying nature and stuff like that. And, you know, although... DU, a lot of our events are circled around, you know, making money for the wetlands. When it comes to youth, this is just, there's, all we're, all we're trying to do is get them introduced to all the DNR, WDFW, all the different people involved and, and to learn, get interested and, and someday get involved themselves. Well, I want to know, speaking of kids, what are they going to be able to do and learn there? Well, you know, there's so much going on. So one of the biggest things is we're going to have WDFWs bringing out a trout pond and I've acquired a hundred fishing poles. So the first hundred kids through the gate on May 15th opens at 11, gates open at 11, we go till six. First hundred kids getting a free fishing pole. Of course you won't be using that at the pond, but you know, you're getting a free fishing pole and we're going to have uh, Kaylee, our superstar committee member and uh, Gretchen Dearden with Youth Outdoors, she'll be there and they're gonna be running that trout pond and they're gonna be putting smiles on everybody's faces. Um, Eastside Fire Department's gonna be out there. They're gonna have their ladder trucks and stuff, flying flags and uh, we're gonna, Rancho Laguna is a nonprofit, that's a local nonprofit out there and they rescue horses, donkeys, chickens, rabbits, you know, all that stuff. They'll be there walking around with horses and donkeys and handing out stuff. 
um, we got CR construction, CR construction. This is what we've been talking a lot about. Yeah. They're going to be bringing it. They're coming out with some excavators and stuff, and they're going to put one excavator out and they're going to have a, a little deal where the kids get to get on there and they'll pick up a cone and try to put on another cone and they get a running excavator. That's pretty you know, awesome. What, oh, cool. what kid, you know, yeah. I hope that another, I hope none of the parents like try to push the kids off. <laughs> yeah. I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Uh, this but, is uh, uh, this is a hands-on event. Lots of things for kids to experience and learn. Lots of different presentations going on and affiliated with different uh, companies and wilderness and whatnot. Talk a little bit about some of the educational side of this stuff. Well, you know, and, and some of that stuff, that conservation and uh, the the game wardens. We're going to have some game wardens right. out there. They're trying their best to, you know, if you've been to the sportsman show, you've seen the big orange trailer with all the poacher, uh, poached heads and stuff in it. They're going to try to get that trailer out there so they'll be able to see and talk to the game wardens and, and learn more about that kind of stuff. Cascade Retrievers are going to be out there. They're going to be working dogs. Oh. Um, mm. Yeah, I-90 Motorsports. They'll be out there with side-by-sides and stuff. Uh, Isaquah Hatchery. Uh, Friends of Isaquah Hatchery will be out there nice. giving out stuff. Uh, the committee that I'm on, the Puget Sound Recreational Fisheries Announcement, they're going to be out there. They're going to be handing out goodies. And you know what? Not just the fishing pole. You're all you're all getting a nice little ducks and limited bag so you can pack that so mom and dad can pack that stuff around. But Perfect. Yeah. We also be having uh fingerprinting. You know, we'll fingerprint and pictures. Uh, the Moose Lodge out of uh, North Bend can be doing that. So for the parents for the younger kids to kind of keep them, you know, tuned in. Uh, Tanner Electric will be out there with big boom trucks. I got a two huge inflatables coming out there. Oh. So if they if the kids get bored or the parents get tired of walking around, throw them inside that thing and, and you know. <laughs> little, uh, and, little bouncy house action? Oh, no, not little. No, the uh, <laughs> 25-foot slide oh. and, a, and, a, and a great big um, obs- uh, obstacle course. That's I'm, it. I'm going to drive, I'm gonna drive uh-huh. the excavator yeah, yeah. and go in the bouncy Hey, you house. said fingerprinting. Is that for the kids or for the parents? Or you got people looking for some just, uh, you know, folks delinquent on their child payments? You know, or? No, they're like practicing <laughs> to get arrested. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's just the Phil shows up. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I got to fingerprint <laughs> no, those kids. You know, get and, them on record early. <laughs> Right. And not 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 to finish it off, but uh, so we'll have a silent auction there, and okay. we'll have paintings. And um, we got a uh, there's going to be a drawing for Mariners uh, clubhouse ticket or terrace tickets. Oh, nice. uh, cool. And then we're going to throw in like a two hundred dollar car uh, a Visa card for food and um, oh, you know a few other things. And then uh, we got you know electric quads and bikes and pictures and um, all kinds. You know a Chevy of North Bend. Uh, and Bellevue, uh, Toyota, they're Real putting good. in, uh, yeah, they're putting in, um, some free stuff. And, uh, I mean, it's just, it's so big. It's just, it, it just, it's just been growing. Any idea how many kids you're anticipating on this thing? Well, you know, in the beginning, we thought if we'd get a minimum of 200 kids just to come and learn about, you know, Ducks Unlimited and associate us with conservation right. and, and, that's what we, that's success to us. So, you know, I'm thinking that there's probably going to be a heck of a lot more because just the outreach we've yeah. had. And, you know, we, when we got our permit for uh, the event through the city of North Bend, they were just, Oh, do you mind if we put this flyer all over? Right. <laughs> like, no, right. Go, go right ahead. So, and as I, as I go through the internet and stuff, I see this thing popping up everywhere. So, you know, I think it's going to be pretty big, um, yeah. but you know, with the size of this place, Medwork Farm, Farm, it, we're, 
like on five acres there. So, I mean, we got plenty of parking, plenty of stuff. Um, we're going to have hot dogs, chips. And I actually told the guys that are bringing that stuff, <laughs> excuse me. I actually told them, I said, you know what? Instead of 150, bump that up to 400 hot dogs. Oh, wow. Just bring a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> we got well, hot dogs. Yep. A bouncy house. Yeah. A I slide. can run an excavator. Yeah. Wow. You can talk to WDFW, get fingerprinted and handcuffed what all the same day. What a, <laughs> yeah. sounds like a weekend. Yeah. Hey. And, and so yeah. call me police. So call me police department will be there. So you know what? If you want to go for a ride, oh, yeah. we'll see you later. There you go. Yeah. All right. Hey, yeah. Mike, what time does it start? Yeah. This starts at 11 a.m. Okay. okay. We got all our vendors coming in from about 7 to 1030. And then they should be cleared out and set up by 1030. And then we're going to, at 11 a.m., we're going to open the gates. And, you know, we might let some people in earlier, but with giving away the 100 fishing poles, we're kind of going to stick to that 11 o'clock, sure. right? So, yeah, you know, so 11, 11 o'clock start time, you're giving away 100 fishing pole rod and reel combinations to the first 100 kids through the gate. Uh, give us the location once again. Okay, that's Meadowbrook Farm, and that's in North Bend. Okay. You look that up online and... I mean, if you know North Bend at all, just go where they all come. Yeah, gotcha. (laughs) Well, uh, hey, appreciate all the effort you put into this, along with all the other stuff you do with uh, Snoqualmie Valley Ducks Unlimited. You're so involved. Got the big banquet coming up later in the year in August. I mean, tons of things going on there for you. Um, This event was really looking forward to it. Unfortunately, I'll be over on the east side turkey hunting and uh, hopefully going after some big kokanee. But if that was to get canceled, my friend, uh, Shing and I would definitely load up and bring Harper on up awesome. to that uh, youth day. Because awesome. this is this just this is what it's all about, man. Getting the youth exposed to opportunities in the outdoors. But, you know, the education factor and the hands-on stuff, you're just you're knocking this thing out of the park. It's going to be a really good day for the kids. Hopefully the weather holds for you and you guys have a really good time. Yeah, and the easiest way to get tickets is, you know what, just get on the Internet. Go to ducks.org and... Once you get on the, the homepage, ducks.org, Ducks Unlimited, okay. click events. It'll say youth events. Click on that. You'll see us. Gotcha. Um, cool. Or all the flyers that are floating around on the internet, just click that QR code. Right. Those are probably the easiest ways. You can pay at the gate. It's yep. only five bucks a person. Okay. Um, and like I said, that just pays for, you know, the basic, uh, the basic fees and stuff of the, of the uh, event. So right. um, we're not trying to make any money, but yep. yeah. So, that's what it is and Dwayne and Bill hey guys thank you so much for having me on and look forward to uh, the week after next and killing this thing yeah fantastic mm-hmm. always always a pleasure to have you on buddy you're doing great things and uh, we want to make sure as many people find out about what it is you have going on that we can help expose it to so uh, great job keep up the good work and uh, we'll have you back on before too long thanks guys hey and Bill I'm still waiting for that uh, Grand Ronde trip the Grand Run is coming in October, Mike. There you friend. go. All right. Look them up. You know where to, to throw find that them. out. All right, guys. All right, buddy. Have Thanks a good so night. Thank hey, you. Mike. All right. Mike Olson. Mikey Olson. Mike Olson Outdoors. Uh, check out everything that's going on there at uh, Ducks Unlimited it's under true. events. You're going to find what is happening. they got a bunch of stuff coming up, and this one coming up shortly here. Dogs. Yeah. You going down the list of all the reasons to attend the youth outdoor Sounds event. Sounds like something for the parents, actually. Okay, <laughs> absolutely. Get your uh, questions ready. we got a couple of them on here. Okay. Um, got a couple. Oh, um, Richard says, Bill saved two couples in their trailer next to us in Brewster. He gave them two salmon and then turned their Dodgers around as they were on backwards. You remember that? I, I do indeed. I, mean, I couldn't figure out why. It's like, well, these are upside down. Yeah, so those, around. Flip those around. They go, we can't just keep, they're working really funny. We can't get bit. And I said, mm-hmm. yeah, 
There you go. Now, yeah, yeah maybe mm -hmm. that'll help your uh, luck a little bit. Yeah. So, hey, if you got some questions before we get out of here, make sure you throw them up here on the old uh, text line here, either YouTube or Facebook. We can see it all. Mm -hmm. yeah. Throw your questions up here, and we will follow up with you. We're going to jump out for a quick break. We come back with Bill closing out the show right here at Fish on Northwest. Sportco, an outdoor emporium, is the largest local outfitter in the Northwest since 1975 providing thousands of people affordable outdoor gear. Make your next outdoor adventure more affordable by shopping at our warehouse-style pricing. We are a local Scotty dealer, offering sales, service, and repair. Located in Fife and Seattle, come visit us today. The outdoors await you. It's easier than ever to browse homes and connect with an agent on the go with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate's mobile app. With the app, your home search is synced across all of your devices, so you can pick up your home search anytime, anywhere. Take full advantage of an enriched, mobile-optimized map search experience. Use location services to quickly find homes near you that match your search criteria. Draw your own map boundaries to find homes in a specific area, and apply layers to view school districts, neighborhoods, zip codes, and more. The app's user-friendly design makes it easier than ever to find a home you'll love. Narrow down your search results, save your search criteria, and save your favorite homes. You can browse your saved homes in a list view that puts photos and key details, like price and square footage, right at your fingertips. Or check out your saved homes displayed on the map. Welcome back, Fish on Northwest. Wayne England, Bill Herzog, closing out the show, my friend. Hi. Uh, got a handful of questions on here, okay. which is pretty exciting. We're going to throw those at you. Before we get there, I want to talk briefly on a little topic I stumbled across here the other day doing some reading, perusing the interwebs, if you are, you know. Mm -hmm. um, they talk about, often on salmon recovery, separation between hatchery fish, wild fish. Mm -hmm. um, there, there are certain, certain systems, hatchery programs, broodstock programs, they're, you know, held down by impacts on wild fish that can only release so many hatchery fish. Um, typically, our hatchery fish are marked with an adipose clip fin or a pectoral, you know, fin clip. Those sure. types of things mm -hmm. in management practices. But this article was kind of interesting because it was letting folks know or making you aware of the fact if you're out there fishing on the kelp, well, not now because it's closed, but prior to, <laughs> you're probably encountering some smolt. You always encounter a few smolt when you're out spring or fishing because of the time of year release mm -hmm. on your chinook smolt. Correct. Right. And they wanted folks to be aware that you're probably going to encounter a high percentage or high rate of unclipped or unmarked Chinook smolt. And they wanted to make everybody aware as to what was going on. So in 2020, it looks like they had a really poor return on the adult um, uh, fish uh, that year. So their collection goal is just a little over 1,300 adult fish, which produces for them 1.7 million spring Chinook uh, eggs. Okay, 1.7 million is what their goal is to mm. release on the Celts. Well, in 2020, unfortunately, they were well below the 1,310 fish they needed. Matter of fact, by June 7th, they had 186 Oy. adult spring Chinook hatchery fish. Okay, right. we're talking about um, the hatchery program. So, um, out of the 186 fish that they actually had come back, uh, I'll correct you here. Uh, 83 of them were were hatchery fish. Okay, they need 1,300. They had 83 mm. for egg take. So moving forward, uh, those that are in the uh, decision-making process decided that the Kalama River strain of hatchery fish were close enough genetically that they could go ahead and utilize excess from the Kalama uh, program 
to boost the numbers in the college system. And I'm like, okay, I get that because we used to seed the entire Puget Sound region with Green River Stock Chinook. Right. Now, though, at a time here in 2022 when we're talking about basin-specific G, uh, DNA, um, you know, in, in specific uh, gene lines of fish and no intermixing crossbreeding, hatchery is hatchery, wild is wild, native fish are native fish. Um, here we're able to take a look at this and go, well, if we're going to have a decent return in 2023 to 25, we need to supplement this release for the spring of 22. We don't have enough egg takes, so we're going to utilize Kalama fish in the Cowlitz program. So what they're doing is they're taking all the fish that came from their, their callets program, either wild fish uh, that, they, um, that they retained or their hatchery fish, mm. and they, they, they got egg take from them. They're releasing all of those as unclipped fish. In other words, they're taking previous existing hatchery marked fish in the callet system, and they are not clipping them and rele releasing them as wild fish. Are they doing this to ensure that these fish are not caught Yes. And so they come until yeah. they get them back. So they can get the numbers back okay. to continue to hopefully grow the program. They took such a hit in uh, 2020 wow. that they don't have the numbers. To boost the numbers, now it's okay to take what was previously hatchery fish and just by, by spawning them in the hatchery, um, take an egg take, they're going to go ahead and release those as non-clipped. Basically, it's a hatchery fish that's not clipped, but they're going to return that as a uh, unmarked adult because they need to boost sure. the numbers. If it means in the future, more fish. I'm willing to make a year. But to, this, you know, I'll, I'll do that. I get know? it, sure. and I'm okay with it. Right. It's just though when I hear these these wild fish advocates that are stomping their feet and sucking their thumbs and throwing tantrums because you know we can't cross pollinate, you can't do this, you can't do that, and there's a there's a line here we can't cross when it comes to wild fish and hatchery fish. Well, when there comes a need. And, and WDFW and the co-managers and the tribes and everybody on board says, look, we're in dire straits here. We have to produce as many fish as we can get. And by doing so, we are going to re we're going to release all these fish unmarked. Okay, fine. It means less fish returning for recreational take and sure. harvest for that couple of years. I get that, but we're trying to boost the numbers. The other thing is, though, those Kalama fish that they're introducing into the program, they are marking those. So every one of those Kalama fish will be a marked fish with both an adipose and a pectoral fin clip. So if you catch a spring chinook in 23 to 25 that has an adipose and a vetral fin clip. It'll be swimming this way. Yeah, it's going to be on its side like a sunfish, <laughs> and it's actually going to be a Kalama uh, st strain, right? Right. But they're, they're willing to do a couple of things. They're, they're stepping outside the boundaries a little bit simply by not marking previously marked fish, and they're dual marking previously marked fish from another uh, tributary of the same main stem. Mm -hmm. Make sense? Sure. But in doing so, their goal is to release like 600,000 smolt. Okay. Far out. 600,000 smolt. So I just, um, it's one of those where you read through this and you kind of go, okay, I get it. I guess in this instance, it's okay because they're trying to do this. But it just, it doesn't hold water for me when you have these people drawing a line in the sand saying, we cannot mix wild fish and hatchery fish. There is absolutely no acceptance to do this, blah, blah, blah. And here, it's like, no, apparently it's okay to do so when recovery is a paramount, uh, you know, goal here. So just bringing that to light, um, mm -hmm. we see a lot of things happening out there. Cuts here, cuts there, can't over... Uh, 
can't overproduce hatchery fish in this you know fishery because it's going to impact the wild fish. Well, look at and, what's happening in the Umpqua. And, oh well, yeah, right now the summer steel hit. Same thing. They're Absolute. cutting those out. Uh, That's it, a joke. Historically, these rivers held could could take all these smolts. Right. Okay? Historically, yeah. the numbers were way higher than the wild and hatchery right. fish together. Right. Nature can handle it. Sure. So, yeah. Well, yeah. so those that push back on that, I agree with you. You know, and and uh, for whatever reason, we're down uh, however many you know hundreds of millions of uh, Chinook releases here in our in our greater west side region. But mm-hmm. um, I agree with you in that regard. Is like the, the rivers used to be teeming with fish. Sure. The pushback is from those that say, well, we don't have the habitat to support it now with all the, you know, production on the landscape and, and the sprawl. That depends on which river system you're it on. It does. Like the Cowlitz has been <laughs> yeah. compromised to hell. Sure. Okay, so yep. let it rip. It's a there, hatchery right? river. Sure. It's, it's a put-and-take fishery. Sure. I've advocated for that since we started to look, recognizing mm-hmm. these gene-big fisheries and, you know, this will be a wild river exclusive, no hatchery fish and blah, and don't go down the line, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, here, out in the OP, this makes sense. Yes, this river, yes, I agree with you. This one here, look, the the height of its of its time, the Cowlitz, you know, eighties and nineties and early two thousands. That was a three hundred sixty five days a year, hundreds of guides in the state making their living year round on that river. Yeah, yeah. Many persons in this state and outside of this state were introduced to their first steelhead, their first Chinook, their first coho on the Cowlitz River. Sure. Many people had their first drift boat trip. Jet boat trip on the Cowlitz River. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Learn to side drift, learn to bank fit. What I caught it, my first spring Chinook on the Cowlitz. Okay, so it is a put and take fishery. Bringing back wild fish on that river is a joke. Right. I get it. There's a few tributaries, but it's been compromised because and of the dams. When, when, the, when they built Mayfield and they built the other it's dams all over. on there, that was, uh, you look, see the old pictures from like the 20s and the 30s, guys, with the, the Cispus River yeah. and these huge, beautiful yep. steelhead. Well, guess what? In 19, early 1970s, that gone. was cut off, and they're gone. The only reason we have a coho opportunity on that river is because they trap the coho smel- uh, smolt, and they truck them downriver and release them. That, those coho can't get around the dam. They have a trapping facility, they and they truck them downriver. They haven't can yet. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, so the whole thing is man-made. It's all created as sure. far as the fisheries that are supported there. And, and you know, that thing should have never been removed from the heyday of production that we were uh, subjected to because it was fantastic. You had fish in that river year-round. You had opportunities, winter run, spring steelhead, spring chinook, you know, moving in through summer run steelhead was phenomenal. Into your fall fisheries, lights out, then your winter steelhead, and here we go again. And it was year-round. And to think that we have to cut back on millions upon millions of smolt in all facets of different uh, fish, um, simply to bring back the wild stock is an absolute joke. And, and there, it, it makes no sense, and the biologists should know this. And I, I got a feeling they do. I really don't know who's pushing whose buttons on this one, but the Cowlitz has been compromised for uh, 50 years. Yeah, absolutely. So, you uh, can't undo no, that. No. And, and no amount of time, we don't have enough time on this planet to make that happen. No, no you don't. They need, it's a put-and-take fishery, and, just like this lake in my backyard. Yeah, and, and the genetics that you want to come back are long gone. 100%. Anything, anything else you be yep. putting in there, you're bringing back from another river system, which never has worked. Hello. By the way, it never works. I, again, to my point is we're going to now bring calamistrain, which is a close genetic uh, cousin, mm-hmm. into the Cowlitz and introduce them. What's the key word? Close. Yeah. Close. Because they have to. Right. Right? It's okay. It's acceptable now. Wow. Well, okay. you know what's acceptable? 
plant the crap out of that river. Just get it back to the rip. millions of smolt that we used to release in that sucker and one, make it one, happen. 1.2 million uh, hatchery winter run steelhead. And summer. And summer run was almost a million. Yeah, 800,000 historically, yeah, right? Yeah. 890,000 and over a million for winter run. And then we'd have our Chinook releases that were just a couple million. I mean, Boom. absolute mind blow. And the numbers of fish coming back, that summer run fishery used to be so much fun. Mm. Oh, yeah. So... Anyway, Some just some rats. things going on with your fisheries management as it pertains to smolt, smolt releases, spring chinook, kalama, callets, how close they're truly related, and decisions being made to try and bolster these fish runs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this is a type of management that they need to uh, do. They need to keep an eye on the direction this stuff is going and supplement where they need to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just there's no other way around it. So I'll, I'll tell you the best one that I know of. The summer run uh, program on the Bogusheel River in mm-hmm. the Klawa. Yeah. They only put 30,000 smolts in the right. Klawa, yeah. okay? Most of the wild fish go up into the park. They go mm-hmm. past the mouth of the Klawa, okay? Yeah. So, and by, by that very small plant, it's almost no impact on the wild smolts. Right. And they're released at a time where they're just flushed right out of the system. They don't spend much time there. Yep. And because it's such a small plant, those those fish don't eat much while they're heading out. Yeah. And so it's the best of both worlds. You get five, six months of fishing yeah. on these wonderful hatchery steelhead that are coming back, and you're not impacting the wild fish at all. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a totally opposite thing in the wintertime anyway. That's the ideal. You know, okay, you can still have this wonderful wild run. Mm-hmm. If you're going to plant in certain rivers, yeah. keep them small, augment it, or keep a fishery going. Yep. That's the important part. We have to have fish to fish for. And if you're doing that, great. If not, like the callets, when it's been compromised, let it rip. Dump it. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's a disservice and it's unjustified what they've done to the Umpqua, the Summer Run Steelhead Program. Oh, my God. To, to just totally shut it off based wow. on a few emotional persons on the commission down there. Mm-hmm. Look, the science uh, provided was solid. It, mm-hmm. it yeah, proved yeah. the fact that the fish do not have any impact on wild uh, no. concerns, and there was no justification for it. Uh, ODFNW staff and the, uh, the, the fisheries biologists that supported the data and the science that they brought to the table was sound. And the fact that you had a commission just blow that all off, and you had a couple of emotional uh, persons on that commission that held their ground to say, nope, we're shutting this thing down, no ifs, ands, or buts, um, and it was a done deal. And to have that kind of power... I mean, we've experienced it here within our Washington State Fish and Wildlife right. Commission relative to the bear hunt and recent decisions and conversations about the Blues Mountains, and I could go on. I'm just waiting for the other foot to drop on some of these fisheries from the commission to see mm-hmm. what direction they're going to steer some of this stuff. Very concerning. So if you think, and we're not going to go down the political road tonight, but if you think these elections don't matter and who sits in the governor's seat and who appoints these persons to our Fish and Wildlife Commissions, you better think again because it's having a huge impact here in the Northwest, both Washington, Oregon, and California, and some of the things that's happening to our fishing and hunting. Yeah, if they look at only the economic impact alone. Oh, yeah. Well, that and the emotional, the emotional base of all the... So we got 11% card-carrying members of fishing licenses in the state of Washington, right? Mm-hmm. That leaves uh, 89% of folks that don't fish. So they're going to listen to the majority. And if the majority is like, no, they don't need to be killing those fish in that particular river. And no, they don't need to do this and do that harm to the wilderness. They're going to go, okay. Okay. That's okay. Sure. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. Getting on with it, Bill. We got a few questions for you as we wind down the show. Um, Scott Hansley says, hey, how's the kokanee fishing on the home lake these days? On the home lake? I actually seen a couple pictures. Yeah, me too. Of some really nice kokanee. Mm -hmm. And it is can't, no, actually, it should be getting going right about now. 
uh, about middle of the month. All I can say is 17 feet at the racetrack. <laughs> 17 feet at the racetrack. Did I show you that picture track. on my phone last week when you were here? That cooler full of big, fatty, 15, 16-inch kokanee uh, from a day that Jordan, Sherry, and I had. It was, you know, stuff comes up in your memories. Yeah, yeah, Check yeah. this out. Mm-hmm. A full-on cooler stuff full of them big fatties. <gasps> um, that's back in the day we were fishing the drift boat. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Getting those big. 2013, 2014, by the way. It was uh, eight years ago. Yep. So, and you know what it, the date was? May 1st. Way. May 1st. Three limits of uh, big fatties wow. on that home lake. So, mm. it just goes to show you weather conditions, mm-hmm. colder temps. Yeah, yeah. They had a warm year that year, I recall. We had, you know, April was uh, was uh, actually pretty darn warm. And we all know mobile. about happened this April. Oh, yeah, April. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. It uh, mm-hmm. Weather does have an impact. Yes, sir. And we get a year where it warms up relatively early in April, man. That May fishery can take off pretty good. So, um, oh, Shane V is asking, does Bill cast with one or two hands on a spinning reel? Two. Done it since I was a little kid. <laughs> I cannot cast with one hand. I've tried it. No. And it, when I let go, it goes straight up. Yeah, perfect. Or it goes flop right yep. into the ground. Yep. Not going to work. So I, it cost me a couple of feet of distance, but I've always done this <laughs> my whole life. Yep. And it ain't going to change now, I hate to tell you. <laughs> 100%. Yep. Um, Bill, what yes. is your recommendation for kokanee lures behind the Dodger? There's only one. Is there? Is there any even a question? Sing it with me. R a s t i c l e. The rasticle. Rasticle, absolutely. You and, know, I and still have that many old versions of it. Yeah, but uh, it, it is tough to beat that. And we use the larger version for sockeye, which yep. is just a big sea run version of a kokanee. Lights so out. Yeah. I have yet to find anything that works as well all as around as, as that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's variations, like you said. Yeah, I'll you, make you them. Pull try, that little LP squid I've over seen them. Shane do yeah. his, do his little deal on those. Everybody has a little tweak to it, yeah. you know. But there's the basic. There's the base. Stick to that. And uh, 13 yep. and a half inches behind the dodger. Yep. Um, need broodstock back on steelhead streams. Yes, of course we do. Mark, yes. 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, uh, your question mark, yes, that uh, lake may be located in that general direction. And, um, uh, Bill, I've seen you holding a Skagit Spring Chinook from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a season going up here now. Would you target, how would you target them? Can't handle sitting on the anchor. Okay, well, you'd be awful hard to do. Uh, where we can fish in the upper river above the sock, that water runs big and clear. Yeah. Very difficult conditions to fish in. Your best bet, believe it or not, is drift fishing. Mm. You know, big piece of lead, get down in that water, walk it down, big spinning globe, yeah. big gob of Dwayne's yeah. eggs. <laughs> on Slow the back it of down, that. Yeah, let it just I mean, drag the bottom, I right? would, honest to God, that's mm-hmm. the way I would fish it. If not, uh, we have, you know, Big big maglips now. The yeah. big maglip, you right. know, the, the one of the largest five point oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. run those. Yeah, you know, they run very well in fast water and they get deep and unstable water. Right, mm-hmm. and you can have uh, you can have a nice current seam and then maybe a little bit of a kick out boil and you know you get those maglips down in there and amongst all other plugs running side by side that maglip's going to hold true in that you yeah, know yeah. steady mm-hmm. current and it's going to be the best bang for the buck in that kind of offsetting current. Other plugs don't like to find a, a rhythm in that thing but for some reason that wide bill on those maglips it's able to dish that out and keep that plug working even in that unstable water. It's yeah, pretty there's impressive. There's very little water up there where the old bobber and egg works well. Yeah. It, it's the water's too big, too deep, too fast. Uh, you got to get get it down and get on the deck and I would drift fish. 
The ones that I've caught up there. That's a great point. Caught dripping. Who doesn't want to fill that bite of a spring chinook? Everybody does. Oh, my God. For all you out there that did not grow up drift fishing and only know how to subject eggs to a chinook under a bobber. You can keep it slow and walk it right down and just give it right to them. Yeah. That's the way to do it up there. That's something else. That's a hard place to fish up there. Yeah. I may have to revert back to a little bit of drift fishing this fall when I know the river's going to be stuffed with Chinook and Coho, and mm-hmm. I can just present those eggs on those nice soft drifts, and just mm-hmm. that would just feel really good to get back to. Back in the day, it's all we had. So, <sighs> right on. Well, hey, appreciate everybody signing on here tonight. Lots mm-hmm. of great questions, a lot of good interaction from you all. Appreciate yeah. you uh, following. It is what we do each and every week here at Fish on Northwest. Please take our content, push it out there, help us grow our page both on YouTube and our Facebook uh, Facebook content. Appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. Got questions on the uh, Kids Fishing Derby. Be sure to hit us up here on Facebook or YouTube or go to our webpage. Email us from there. Make sure you list your kids' names, ages, and shirt size. Every kid gets a free T-shirt. It's going to be a great opportunity. And if you have any questions off the air later on, throw them on our Facebook page. Yeah. I'll answer them then. If you have questions for me, I, I sure. got 24 7 answers. You're questions. heading up to the SeaTuck, but you are I still, uh, I can still get a hold of you. Yes, you know my phone number. And <laughs> abs- and yes, you do. And they got they got uh, connectivity up there and electricity this year, I right hear. So, and flushing toilets. And flushing toilets, yeah, which is good for everybody that. else that's in the cabin with you. So perfect. <laughs> hey, buddy, I always appreciate yeah. you making the drive. Yeah, I'll, I'm a phone call away, baby. Anytime yeah, you need me, I'll just. Uh, Pop a little Come short distance right down here. Yes. But I'm going to be busy for a while. I'm going to be fishing the Yakima for spring chinook. Did I say that right? I did. Yes, he did. I'm so excited. <laughs> He's so excited. Yeah. He, see, he actually comes over here and learns things. That is the great part about the general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, buddy. Good to see you. Yes, Have sir. a safe trip. I will. Talk to you in a couple weeks. I um, want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Had a lot of fun. And uh, we'll be back here next week. far as I know, uh, Tommy Donlin is supposed to join me back in studio here live, 6 p.m. Thursday night. Make sure you tune in and uh, catch up on what he's been up to. It's going to be a great show. It'll be good to have Tommy back in studio. So have a great week. Get out there. Go bonk some fish and uh, enjoy. Next week, see ya. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Fish on Northwest weekly podcast. I want to remind everyone that you can catch our weekly live stream show on our Facebook page and, of course, our YouTube channel every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. West Coast time. You'll get our insightful in-studio interviews, our extremely detailed how-to segments in the bait lab, the infield segments we bring to you when we're on the water or in the woods, and of course, our amazing cooking recipes in the kitchen with co-host Sherry England and chef Jeff Maxfield. Give us a follow on our Facebook page at Fish Hunt Northwest. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fish Hunt NW. Find us on Twitter and Instagram, and finally, Go to our webpage at www.fishhuntnw.com for all the latest and greatest info. Join us each week here on our podcast. Join us each week at our live production. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.